It says toxic and non-toxic plant list. That's just a list of plants. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Magic Wings Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every single episode of the Italian Magical Girl series, Wings Club. I'm Brendan, Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today, we're watching Season 1, Episode 25, The Ultimate Challenge. <laughs> More like the penultimate challenge, am I right? Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. The original Italian title was Slumber of Magics and aired March 24th of 2004. And the 4Kids dub title is The Great Witch Invasion and aired December 4th of 2004. Hmm. Alright, Club Kids, before we crack into this, I would like to apologize for how sloppy we were last time. Ooh. Ooh, that was funny. I'm fully aware that we sound like we are just sloppy drunk. We were not. We were sleepy. It was late and we were over it. I mean, to be fair, I did have an alcohol. Yeah, but I'm the one who sobbed at the end of the episode, so. <laughs> um, but yeah. This time, I assure you, we fully have our, our bus together. Also, tiny thing. The day that we're recording this is Brendan's birthday! Thank you. Happy birthday. I had Lebanese food and I got Golden Girls Clue. We're both 27 now. Any hoozles. Alright, so I do hey, believe Brendan. we actually got a, what? We got a listener question. Exactly the segment I was about to introduce. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> did you put out the call? Or was this an old one that's been sitting there for a little while? I didn't put out the call. But Crest just emailed us anyway. And we thank oh. you for that. <laughs> thank you, Crest. Yeah, we, uh, we we dropped the ball on the questions. But we are going to put a call out for next episode because it's the finale of the first season. Spoilers. I guess. Uh, the season has twenty. I don't know. Spoilers: The Winks win. The season has twenty six episode, and next episode is episode twenty six. I think it's pretty safe to say this is the season finale. <laughs> All right. So, this is actually a very good question because, as we all know, we need another misfit. Chris, question for this episode: How would you handle a fourth member for the tricks? And I gotta say, I love this question. Because I had to think. Okay, so this was actually kind of a joke between us for a while, but I think it could work. Oh, God. Um, Dusty, Witch of Sand? See, I wasn't even thinking that at all. I was actually going for kind of like a pestilence kind of thing, like poison. Ooh. But the only thing is, like, I couldn't think of a name because Ivy is too close to Icy. The name on everyone's lips is going to be Toxie. Belladonna. Deadly Nightshade. 
like the only ones I could think of. <laughs> I see Darcy, Stormy, and Deadly. I was the only one I can even think of. The only ones I can think of are like names of flowers that can be poisonous. But Lily is too nice. But that also really almost is. works. Yeah, because lilies are highly toxic. People just don't know that. Um, what's that one that <laughs> don't let your you shouldn't have around horses? <laughs> don't let your cat suck on it. Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> Deadly flower for horse. Jimson weed. Oh, that's top ten poisonous plants for horses. Fern. I see Darcy Stormy Fern. I'm sorry, Dorothy. But much like the flower of the fatal Jimson weed, I tempt with my fragrance, but I can provide no sucker. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I saw the look you just gave your microphone. No, 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 no. I saw apple, and I'm like, but, but horses love apples. Oh, no, the flower. The flower. Carnation. But, um... I think the one I was thinking of was car- Carnation. Holly? That could also work, but it's a little Christmassy. Fig. <laughs> Icy, Darcy, Stormy, and Mistletoe. Yes, actually poisonous. <laughs> uh, there was one that I found last night, I'm like, this could work. And then I just didn't <laughs> type it down. Uh, But yes, my idea is uh, Dusty, who has uh, Earth powers. She, um, because, okay, uh, thanks to Trixie Mattel, I now also know that Dusty was like a Barbie competitor back in the day, who was like super duper 70s. And funnily enough, so is Darcy. So if we we gave Dusty a, um, like a 70s aesthetic out of her, uh, a coven jumpsuit because nobody else wears those just the tricks i think that'd be kind of cool hmm. so she's like because like, like darcy already has bell bottoms is like the one thing but then we could turn around and there's dusty in her like skin tight turtleneck with mom jeans and birkenstocks <laughs> I just described your dream woman. I'm aware. <laughs> and everything is in like various shades of brown and mustard. Poppy? That one works. Yeah, I'm like, that was the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Poppy, witch of poisons. Poppy, people, <laughs> popo. But yeah, you have. There's no reason why we can't have five witches. I mean, that's getting a little up there, but. Yeah. Winx Club suffers from the same Power Rangers issue of cast bloat. Where once you hit a certain point, it's kind of hard to... Add more people. To add more people and then to keep everybody balanced. Or else it turns into the Tommy Oliver show. Um, in a Sentai scenario, Kyoryuger. Where it became Daigo and Friends. 
or Q Ranger, which also had a. Actually, no. From what I understand, Q Ranger did pretty well at balancing out its really large cast. Yeah, I remember Q Ranger was actually really, really good from what I watched of it. Um. So I guess that's our answer to uh, Crest's question. Yeah, you. I have Poppy, which of poisons. And I have Dusty, which of the earth. Oh, let me amend that to like Dusty, which of sand. Because sand powers are actually really cool. Okay, Gara. Is there anything else you think we could add to the how would you handle? Because. I mean, if we introduced a fourth witch at the same time as Aisha got introduced, it would be pretty easy. Um, because I think a huge drawback of, uh, Roxy when we do eventually get to her is that by the time she shows up, she is working on such a lower level than everyone else because she's a new fairy instead of everyone else who's had three years of it, you know? She's almost a repeat of Bloom at this point. She's very much that, and we'll get to that. We'll get to it at season four, but she's very that. Let's right. get into it. So, so uh, after the openings, uh, we are at Althea, where uh, Stella is just kind of hanging out on the balcony while the other three, since Bloom is still missing in action, are inside with Pumpkin Murda. <laughs> oh, God. This was... This was, like, really heavy. Uh, Stella's worried about how much damage the Army of Decay has done to the school, and she's also really worried about Bloom and Sky since it's been at least a few days since she saw them. The first line of the episode is, from Stella is, Althea has suffered so much, the tricks are getting really aggressive, and I miss Bloom. Yes, we and know you miss line- your girlfriend. And then I just went, well, Murda, guess you're the new Bloom. They both have red hair. (laughs) Both kind of outcasts. It's cool. Flora is still kind of working on Murda, and apparently uh, we are coming in just after a failed attempt. Oh, uh, uh, real real quick, real quick. Uh, In Four Kids... This does not start the episode. Uh, no, in true four kids fashion, they shuffled the scenes around a little bit. So not this... a lot, but a little bit, and also cut something. Yeah, so this this scene uh, is in the, around the middle of four kids, and the scene that opens that up is around the end of this episode. Yeah, we'll get to it. This does not start the episode. Uh, in four kids. Musidus straight up recommends giving up on Murda. Which is really funny because in Cinelum, she says she hopes Flora isn't thinking about giving up. Yeah, and someone says, put her in a nice pasture and let her photosynthesize or something. (laughs) That's all I want. Don't you want to just sit in the manure field, inhale carbon dioxide, exhale oxygen, create glucose by metabolizing the sunlight that your chlorophyll absorbs. I mean, if I could get away with being a jack-o'-lantern for the rest of my life, I would. 
<laughs> I'm just imagining those like really messed up looking ones about like two weeks after Halloween. <laughs> Kill me! <laughs> it's after Musa says that she hopes Flora hasn't given up, or after telling Flora to just give up, <laughs> which is weird. Uh, that we go back to Bloom, who is still walking into the lake in her full-on jeans like she was last episode. And Bloom continues to wander into the swamp. We get this really, really beautiful animation of the bottom of the lake. Like, there's been a whole lot of effort put into, uh, like, some really cool water plants and fish and underwater scenery. Uh... There are tombstones underwater, and they have faces. I don't think those are supposed to be tombstones. But they yes, have faces. There are rocks with faces. Uh, so Bloom ends up hitting, like, a drop-off point, I guess, where the shallows end, and it just plunges down. A continental shelf, if you will. Which I don't think is quite how lakes work, but I could be wrong. <laughs> well, it could be. It could also be the type of lake this is. Because it's obviously very, very deep, so it could be like a meteor lake. In the four kids version, um, Bloom doesn't go underwater. It, it's very strange. She, she tells the, the lady of the lake that she can't breathe underwater. And then Daphne is just like, close your eyes and you'll be able to see. And then she just astral projects into the room. So it's actually very unclear over whether Bloom is actually underwater or not. Because it does look like an astral projection situation. But at the end of this like scenario, she is very much physically underwater. Yeah. Um... Which, well, you know, in a section, in a, in a world where magic exists, that's not that wild. It almost feels like the underwater scene is a bit softer in Four Kids. Maybe because of the astral projection angle, who knows? So, Bloom walks up to the cave that we saw the last time that Farragonda took her on, like, that mental... I don't want to use the term vision quest because that is actually part of several tribal religious practices and for the indigenous peoples of the Americas, but it's also the best term I have. You know what I mean? A mind journey. There we go. That sounds like a board game from the 80s. (laughs) Um, So when Farragonda took Bloom on the mind journey to the bottom of the lake the first time, And, uh, so Bloom is, okay, so it's actually not, we don't see Bloom physically walking for most of this. Instead, we are in, like, camera view. We get vignettes. So it's sort of like, it's almost like Bloom has one of those underwater drone cameras. And that's what we're seeing through. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so inside this cave, aside from the rocks with faces, there's also these really pretty pillars that are carved with Daphne on them, actually. 
so it's like almost like a, a temple underwater and there's this huge purple seashell in the middle of this rotunda and <laughs> Daphne emerges from it. And fun fact, this seashell will come back in season five. Bloom of Domino, I have come for you. Oh, hey, sis. Uh, Bloom is also very unsure if she's dreaming or not. Now, I think that's kind of cool because we are very much in this blending of physical reality and mind journey. So I think there's a lot of magic at work here, but also a really clever use of that sort of medium. Do you know what I mean? Am I dreaming? Am I awake? Am I currently drowning and hallucinating this? So Daphne does appear uh, physically, as physically as a ghost can. And uh, she explains to Bloom that Bloom hasn't actually lost her powers. And she gives Bloom a series of flashback visions of growing up. Also, Daphne is moving at, like, five frames a second. Does that mean she is more or less fluidly animated than Bloom is? I forget how frames per second work. Well, typically cartoons are animated at anywhere from 24 to 30 frames per second, because at 24 is where persistence of vision kicks in. That's um, right. And that's why, um, oh, I remember this. Yeah, um, higher frame rates are uh, faster. Which is why, right. like, 60 FPS is such a big deal, and also why when you're watching cartoons from, like, the 60s, which were drawn, like, since they were drawn by hand, they had a lower frame rate. Not necessarily drawn because they were drawn by hand. They had a lower budget, so to save money, it was, I think, 20 frames per second. And I think that's why those shows from the 60s are noticeably jerky. Hi, welcome to Animation Cast, where two non-animators talk about animation. If you do know anything about animation and we're getting anything egregiously wrong, please do fill us in. Uh, Daphne's like, Bloom, you haven't lost your powers. And Bloom's like, okay, so what happened? And Daphne just goes, nothing that doesn't happen to us all. And I'm just like, puberty. <laughs> so the explanation... Daphne gives is that Bloom didn't actually get her power taken. It's more like it's been sealed because Bloom believed that all of the positive things in her life could be taken away. And so so basically her mind made it actually happen. Okay. Does that I do have a question though. Yes. Then how are the tricks able to do all this cool stuff? Well, I think by the same logic, it, it makes perfect sense. Because if you think about it, if Bloom thinks they could take the dragon flame and they think they can take the dragon flame, then because they think it's true, it's happened. Uh, I think so... we're working... I think magic in this setting works a little bit on... Like the secret? Yeah, perception is reality. So, because... Uh, well, yeah, it's exactly what I said. Because they think they have the dragon flame. They are massively more powerful than normal. 
and that's why Bloom can't currently transform or use any of her powers, because she thinks the Tricks have stolen it. Okay. Uh, Daphne reassures Bloom that the the thing... uh, Let's see, what is it? Ah, okay, here's how I put it, because I really liked how I worded it, honestly. Nerd. And, well, it's not so much how I worded it. Uh, it's kind of pretty much what Daphne exactly says. I I just, like, it's how I interpreted the message, you know, English major stuff. But, uh, Bloom's power and her past are fully her own, and there's no one or nothing that can take it away from her. So the witches don't own the dragon flame. They just borrowed it. In a metaphysical sense. <laughs> they stole it, but it's like... So, it's it's like a placebo effect. They think they have the dragon flame, so their powers are a whole lot stronger. But they don't actually have it because it's still with Bloom and it can't be taken away from her. It's all psychosomatic. Okay, and okay, so my next line is and Bloom is currently drowning. Uh because Bloom uh Bloom emerges from her trance state and she is physically underwater at this point. Um and so like she she does like a quick look around and walks out of this underwater cave and Oh <laughs> And then, and, and Daphne just goes, peace out, go, and just leaves. Daphne does the fairy godmother thing and just vanishes. And we get this really cool shot of the surface of the lake, and then Bloom flies out, transformed with, like, a vit, like a, an avatar of the great dragon around her. I can believe! I can fight! That's season four. Shut up. So after this really good moment with Bloom, we do go back to the other winks, and Tecna tells Flora to give it another go. In four kids, this is just a continuation of the first scene. Do they not cut in the middle of this? No, because I have my lines of, Musa recommends giving up on helping Murda, what a bus. Use all your winks in one last try. Oh, okay, so... I guess that makes sense. I mean, I also, also my four kids notes are really, really bad this week because the episode wasn't that good. Like, they didn't change enough in four kids for me to... There wasn't enough material for you to really get any differences. Is that what you mean? Right. Flora puts her hands on the pumpkin and she gives it another go. So the whole room... Maybe a light massage can help Murda out? Uh, the room fills up with light, and, like, even Stella covers her eyes. That's how bright it is. And Flora has a vision of herself reaching through the uh, pumpkin gut void for (laughs) Murda. And Murda takes her hand. And then when Flora opens her eyes, the pumpkin's gone, and Murda is standing a little bit to the left. Okay, okay. (laughs) Here's my... Uh, table of contents for this um, thing. Okay, that was gay. Half expected Stella to get shot out the window. Oh, f- Murder was vaporized. Oh, wait, she's just over there. 
yeah, instead of, like, sitting on the table, Murda, like, became a people a couple of feet to the left. It's like looking, but over there. Uh, so Flora and Murda hug, which is very cute. I ship this. And in a just world, Flora and Murda would be a couple. In our world, Flora and Murda are a couple. Yeah, because uh, Flora doesn't have a love interest this season, so obviously it's Murda. And Flora says that she couldn't believe she thought the Trix's magic was stronger than her desire to save Murda. And Murda um, says something kind of weird. <laughs> Murda says the key was to let Flora... was like for Flora needed to use both hands? Yeah, I, I wrote down flow through both hands. Like a like touching your tongue to a nine volt battery. Um So the kids, I guess this whole time Flora wasn't closing the circuit. She was just putting one hand on Murda and then I don't know, eating a sandwich? The other times we've seen it's she like threw potions at a pumpkin. No Holy water, holy water, holy water. In four kids, Musa recommend uh in four kids, first of all, every, like three of them also agree with Musa. Like, hold on. In four kids, it's like Musa, Techna, and I think Stella. Like, I think all of them are like, "Hey, we just give up on Musa and give on the pumpkin." There's three other like, Wakes Club fairies. There's three people in this room <laughs> that are not Flora and not the pumpkin. No, I'm just like, well, it can't be everyone thinking that Myrna's there. It's like, what, three of them are agreeing with you? Wait a minute, no, that's everybody. Wait. Basically, everyone's saying, you don't, just, just give up on her. And then Flora's like, no. And then Musa's like, well, use all your winks in one last try. So we go into the pumpkin void. No, Musa, I must pity pity pumpkin. And as Flora and Murda are reaching for each other, you just hear, Flora! Murda! No! And then, poof. And then when they hug, Murda goes, Thank you so much for not giving up on me, Flora. She says, giving a passive-aggressive glance to everyone else. Yeah, and fuck you all for trying to convince her otherwise. So, uh, after this touching moment, Stella goes back onto the balcony, and uh, she sees that Riven is pacing under their balcony. Riven is He-Man walking by their balcony. He's, yeah, he's, he's trundling. <laughs> so she turns around and tells Musa that Riven's probably there to see her. And Musa gets all like, uh, uh, I have to, um, go for a, uh, a, a walk. Yep, that's it. And then immediately bolts down to the courtyard. My notes in Cineloom are, no, you go away, Riven. Wait, no, he's, he's gotten better? And then this gets cute? So here's the, how do you solve a problem like Riven? He actually does have a bit of character development towards the end of season one. And then season two winds that back a little bit. And then season three, 
another two steps forward. And then season four, I don't rightly know. But then season five, everybody gets shunted back to their season one characterization. But yeah, this scene is stupidly cute. Yeah. Uh, in So in the Cineloom dub, Riven, uh, like when Musa comes to talk to him, Riven gets cold feet. And in the four kid in the Cineloom dub, he says he was looking for Timmy. In the four kids dub, he goes all you fight good. Yeah, he's like, so Musa, I wanted to talk to you because I really like you, but they never taught us how to handle our emotions in hero training. So I'll talk to you later. Bye. It's very cute. It's adorable, and I hate it. The show's also apparently decided we've had too many good character moments and interactions, so we have to go back to Sky wandering through the war-torn streets of magics. And we get a few more shots of some webbed-up civilians. This scene, nothing (laughs) really happens. Is anybody here? Aside from the woman vocalizing just off-camera. Yeah, there's weird vocalizing, like soft vocalization music. <laughs> Is anyone here? Oh, everybody's trapped in cocoons. Oh. Okay, I have a note that just says, oh, that's disturbing. Probably because we, as we pass by the cocoons, we zoom in on a few of like the, the horrified faces. You compared it to Pompeii last time, and it, it's it's very that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he gets ambushed by a monster. He fights it a little bit. And uh, then it gets big. I have a note here. I don't know what the hell Sky says. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like, oh, come on. I'm not afraid of a little slut in four kids. Damn green, what are you doing? I think that it was is... meant to be cut off, but it didn't get cut off. Do you think he said slugs since they look like slugs with spider legs? Oh, uh real quick, um because I was just thinking of it, the scene with Riven and the scene right now with Sky in Four Kids, according to my notes, are before Bloom has her uh, mind quest. Magic bugs make my monster grow. So the the monster gets big. Commercial break. We come back from commercial break. And uh, Icy, Darcy, and Stormy have finally decided to go on that all-out offensive they've been threatening for the last few episodes. And they have a whole bunch of monsters, like, throw themselves together and turn into these really cool mobile thrones for them. Goopy bug noises for goopy bug thrones. This is reminding me of something. I think it's a Courage the Cowardly Dog thing with that guy with the depression cannons. I did not watch Courage the Cowardly Dog. It was too freaky for me. (laughs) Basically, the guy has like a... a Howl's Moving Castle. But instead of being magic... He has a cannon that shoots out cannonballs of sadness and just makes everyone depressed. Because if he can't be happy, why should anyone else? The only episodes of Courage the Cowardly Dog I saw were uh, the sea monster that sings the uh, habanero from Carmen. Mm -hmm. uh, The zombie in the basement. Oh, that was a good one. Where, like, there's a... 
I didn't quite understand how you could superimpose like live action over animations. So when the moon had a person face, I was very disturbed. <laughs> um, the uh, mermaid demon in the bathtub. And the um, uh, naughty, that one, Fred. My favorite That's all the cur- was the one where the goose god fell in love with Eustace's truck. I think I might have seen that one, and of course I know Return the Slab. Or Suffer My Curse. Um, and, which also, did not understand that was computer animated, I was very freaked out by Return the Slab. <laughs> oh, it was a disturbing episode. When I watched it, I was freaked out too, but I'm like, I love this. So these giant goopy bug thrones, they look very uncomfortable. And they're also as slow as molasses in the middle of January for the Northern Um, Hemisphere. It's all about the aesthetic, though. Yeah, but they're going like, they have like five miles to go. They're going to be bored 30 minutes in. And in fact, we'll get to it. Witches be stylish. And after the tricks get on their thrones... Uh, we go back to the other Winx girls. And Murda. Um, and Murda. So this scene is a little bit just for padding. Because, like, Stella makes a bad joke. She gets called out on it. And she admits that she's... Uh, like, whenever she tries to be serious, she just thinks of Bloom and it, it gets her all depressed. Uh, Farragonda notes that everybody's starting to, you know... Like, morale is, is nosediving and everybody's just getting really fatigued. I make a note that their walk cycles are funky because they're moving their entire chest with each step. Well, when your waist is that small. And, uh, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> looking feet. Yeah. Oh! Everybody has those Squeenix hooves. Something that we neglected to mention. Okay. As the tricks are walking, like, going by, the, um, Little Mermaid things, whose names I can't remember... The water nymphs. The water nymphs are like, oh, <laughs> So that actually happens right after this in Sinaloom. What? Which, yeah, I feel like it would make more sense if that happened and then we went back to Althea, but... Okay, so I was, I'm remembering the four kids one, because the four kids actually did something good. I think... Yeah. I can't remember. I think th- this episode blended together for me because it's a lot of the same stuff happening again. As has been happening for the last forever. Yeah. Oh, God. Now I don't even know where things are in an episode anymore. And the Because I'm just like, I remember Timmy talking, walking towards the girls. Musa and four kids goes, what's the haps, chaps? Yeah, that's 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 right after this. That's like literally the next God thing I was about to it. talk about. Uh, so the water nymphs uh, see that the tricks are coming, realize that this is the big one, and they go off to warn Althea. Uh, at Althea, we have a thing where Saladin and Kototorta play checkers. Uh, uh, then Timmy, Brandon, and Riven uh, meet up with the Winx and Murda. That's when the nymphs show up, warn Farragonda that the tricks are about to show up in force 
and Farragonda sends them inside to rehydrate. The nymphs are dripping. They weren't dripping when they left the lake. They're amphibians. Remember? I know. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I was so concerned. Wasn't that episode, didn't we call that episode something like just a little goop, a little mucusy? That's the witch. <laughs> That's all. Uh, go rest inside. <laughs> I have an aquarium if you need it. We'll fill up one of we'll fill up the sinks. Techna, get your bucket hat. Uh so downtown magics, Sky is uh fighting the big monster, gets surrounded by like two more show up, so he gets surrounded, and then Bloom shows up and fireballs him. Someone summons a synth <laughs> Bloom shows up and she brings a synth band with her. And wouldn't you just know? The way to destroy these things without them coming back is to just incinerate them. Did no other fairy have fire powers? We literally... Is Bloom the only one allowed to have fire powers? She's the only one with this specific fire powers, but we do meet, like, a generic fire fairy later. I... I guess... I guess it could just be because it's the dragon flame. So it's it's special fire, it's not regular fire. But cool I know fire. for a f- No, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> no, no, burning. Hot. <laughs> hot fire, hot fire. <laughs> hot. Hot beans, hot beans. Um shake, 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 senora. Shake your hot beans right. So in four kids when Bloom shows up and begins, you know, just throwing fireballs at the monsters, she just shouts, Nobody messes with my boyfriend! Thank you, Bloom. And then after the fight, when she and Sky begin to talk, he's like, so what was that about me being your boyfriend? And he's like, and, and Bloom's just like, I just needed something to shout out in the heat of battle, like trash talking. Uh, it would have been better if she'd have just owned up to it. Because I know that would work on you. I know for a fact that would play you like a fiddle. <laughs> if, your, if your magical girlfriend said, stay away from my girlfriend, and you said, did you say girlfriend? And she goes, yeah, what about it? That would wreck you. I love you. Like, that's good. It is. Well, and maybe not even, like, magical girlfriend, but, like, magical mutual pining. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, are you ready for the best animation error of all time? I don't think I noticed it, so yes. Okay. So. It's not important what they talk about. It's more... We need to get back to Althea. Essentially just goes, hang on, and just zoops up into the sky, and then Brandon in his red fountain outfit follows her instead of Sky in Robocop. Oh, wait, is it, like, brown hair and everything? Brown hair, brown short hair. And the red fountain outfit. In the red fountain outfit instead of Sky Robocop. 
I do like that he just grabs on to the great dragon's tail like it's freaking Dojo from Shaolin Showdown. But yeah, it's the best animation error of all time because... Completely like, different character. It's like, okay, and Sky zoops up behind her. Oh, right, that's the brown-haired one, right? <laughs> also, something that I missed because I neglected to bring it up, because four kids... It's possible it hasn't even happened yet, knowing four kids. Absolutely. In fact, I think this happens in four kids right before the water nymphs. Icy Darcy and Stormy are just chatting while they're on their goopy bug thrones. Yep, that's what was just about to happen. See, the funny thing is, I was going to gloss over it because nothing really happens. Well, you watched the four kids episode, right? Actually, I watched only a little bit of it. I didn't watch the full episode. Okay. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because it's the best thing that's ever happened. Icy says, Hey, last month's quiz in Teen Witch had a question. What would you do if you took over the universe? And Darcy just goes, What did you put? And Icy replies, I wrote down, You'll find out soon enough, loser, and sent it in. That is very good. I wish I understand why it had to have the loser because, you know, high school mean girl. I really wish it just said, you'll find out soon enough. But yeah, I will send you, I'm, I'm just going to look up the timestamp real quick for that animation error so you can see it in all its glory. I just need more powerful declarative statements from these teenage girls. That's all. And here's something that doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense for it to happen at the end of the episode. A lot of stuff, but... This feels like a conversation that should have opened the episode. Because it would have been foreshadowing instead of this post-shadowing. I guess... Brightening. (laughs) Just saying what happened. Um... Griffin and Farragonda are talking, and Farragonda says that never before has a fairy truly lost her powers to an outside entity, and if Bloom is powerless, they have lost. Which would have had way more impact at the start of this episode. Oh, you're right. Because then we would get Bloom isn't actually powerless, and we get that whole scene with Daphne... And Bloom goes on her mind quest. But no, no, this just feels a little... Discombobulated. Ma'am. Cleo, come into room. And then just screm. Eh, cats do that. So, I mean, the episode is basically over, actually. Uh... The episode ends with just, like, an aerial pan of the tricks in the Army of Decay. And Icy has a raven familiar now. She's Maleficent for all of five minutes. She has a bone raven, and then it just kind of stops being a thing. She basically sends... It's like when you send out a bird on a long voyage in, like, the 1700s, and if it doesn't come back, you've reached land. But it came back... So, they're at Alfia. <laughs> and then, at this point, Darcy and Stormy are basically, are like, complaining about, like, 
All I'm saying is we could have waited until maybe 500 feet from Althea to make the bug thrones. <laughs> Alright, so now that the episode is over, on a very lackluster note, uh, it's time to it's, discuss... It's the penultimate siege. Um... Well, actually, the the cliffhanger of after, like, they're closing in, that's a good place to end the episode. They're coming but right I'll, for us. But I'll talk more about that in my worst moment. So, cool. what is your best moment of this episode? It's going to be the best animation error of all time. That's just straight up Brandon following them. <laughs> My best moment of this episode is the entire sequence where Bloom gets her powers back. Yes. It is very well animated. It has really good writing. And uh, that final shot of her flying out of the lake transformed is really, really good. Yes, it is. What's your worst moment? Can I change my best moment? <laughs> because my best moment is actually going to be the Riven and Musa scene. That was very cute. I am a sucker for cute things. My worst moment is for kids where they're either genuinely wanting Flora to give up on helping Murda or negging her to get her to, like, push herself harder. Either way, it's obnoxious and you don't need to do that because you know who Flora is. Right. So, my worst moment is a general complaint. So, in my opinion, aside from Bloom getting her powers back and Murdoch getting depumpkined, it feels like the rest of this episode is just puttering around. I feel like my... Pro I remember a couple of episodes ago, I said that I was worried this final arc didn't really need five episodes to wrap things up, and we probably could have cut out some of the padding. And I feel like I'm absolutely right. Like, that episode... I want to say it's, like, episode 20, where it's literally nothing but one giant fight scene. We could have severely shortened that, and the season could have been 25 episodes. Do you know what I mean? Right. And... In fact, I feel like it would have been better to do that because 25 feels like a stronger episode order, almost. Like, that feels like it hits a sweet spot. And then episode 26 could be the clip show. Ugh. <laughs> Who's your MVP for the episode? Uh, that's, a, that's an honestly, that's a great question. Um... <laughs> it's either Bloom or Flora. And I think I'm gonna go with Flora because she was able to save her girlfriend. My MVP for this episode is gonna be Daphne because absolutely none of this would have happened without her. Daphne I mean, is the axis on which season one turns. I get it. Daphne is very important. I just respectfully disagree. So, if you like what you heard today, you can follow me, Brendan, on Twitter, at Sonata Waves. You can follow me, Tess, on Twitter, at Pocky Slice. Our show Twitter is at MagicWinksPod. If you would like, you can email us at MagicWinksClubhouse at gmail.com. That is the name of this podcast, at gmail.com. 
If you listen to us on a podcatcher that accommodates it, please leave us a rating and a review. If you can't leave a rating or review, uh, just word of mouth is always good. Uh, also, physical downloads also are very good for us. Someone remembers this show that you know. Or rather, someone you know remembers this show. Join us next fortnight where we will be discussing the finale of season one. The Witch's Downfall. I wonder what's going to happen. And as cheesy as it is, I'm, and I usually don't mention them, I'm going to say the 4Kids dub title, because I really like the 4Kids dub title, Fire and Ice. Brendan, it's a song of ice and fire, and that's a book series by George R.R. R. Martin. Meeting adjourned. I see Darcy Stormy and Slimy. I see Darcy Stormy and Uzi. She's got a gun. <laughs> it shoots goo. <laughs> She's got a goon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>